Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I'm your host, Tim Farley, and next to me is my trusty companion, John Kearns. What's up, people? What day is it, Timothy? Today is the monthly. The monthly fans bring the topics or questions episode. We got a lot last time, and we got a bombardment this time. So it's going to be... We are going to get to everyone's questions. Our Facebook people, our Instagram people, our Twitter people, thank you all so much for showing up and showing out. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Uh, I turned off the keyboard. Big big, uh, supporter of the show, Jess, has three questions. Tres questiones. The first question, John, is feelings on NWA slash AEW future. Yeah. So, I've been thinking about this. Um, You hear people were saying, they tell me all the time, John, what is going to happen to NWA? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) You like what I'm doing so far? (laughs) Um... So, AEW, as it is right now, we've got the NWA World Women's Championship being defended on the show, uh, I think, three times now? Yes, and the champion is contracted to AEW now. Champion's contracted to AEW. Uh, We have seen... Hey, Sid, the Nerdy Mark is in the chat. What's up, boy? Um... We have Ricky Starks jumping ship from NWA to AEW getting signed. Uh, we have a couple more people. I want to. Th- I want to say Eddie oh, Kingston. Eddie Kingston. Um, Allison K left N- NWA recently. Yeah. and was on the buy-in. Yes, full gear against uh, Serena Deeb. And Thunder Rosa has been showing up a lot. Uh, her contract status is up in the air. Up in the air. Um, we know that NWA is also represented on Prime Time Wrestling on yeah, the, Fight. Yeah, that's what it's called. Remember last time we can't remember what it was called. Yeah, it's called Prime um, Time Wrestling. Sid, how's our uh, audio sounding, boss? Let me know if you get the chance. So, so go um, ahead with your thought. So, NWA. Also, we've been very public recently with Excalibur especially talking about the relationship between Tony Khan and Billy Corgan 
we even had uh, JR mention Billy Corgan and saying, like, love Billy Corgan and, and the people he's got over there. So, already sounds juicy. So, I think the official partnership announcement is imminent. Um, I think it's a smart move. I think it's a genius move on the part of Billy Corgan and Tony Khan. I think it's going to do nothing but good things for the indie scene. I think a little bit differently. Um, I think... Well, that's good. Because if we agree all the time, it's boring. Yeah. (laughs) Billy Corgan was running an operation out of a studio. Obviously, they can't do that right now. So he's reaching out to other places to have his company represented. His number two man was was in the speaking out movement. So I think that kind of also plays a part here with all of the wrestlers either leaving or still there or kind of up in the air. I honestly think that everybody's been talking about the second AEW show. Um, and it's year two. What better time to present their second show? And I think that show should be AEW Presents NWA Power. Ooh! I like that. I like that a lot. Corgan and them can still be involved at some level, but AEW is presenting the product. Uh, I think that would be a good move. And I hope that's what happens. I'd like to point out that when I drank my water, Sid in the chat said, this ain't water. <laughs> Shout out to Private Party. Jess also asks, who is the best tag team in the New Japan uh, World Tag League Tournament and why? It is good to note that as of this moment, Dangerous Techers, the champions, Evil and Yujiro, Finjuice, Gorillas of Destiny, LIJ of Shingo and Sonata, The Empire of Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, and Goto and Yoshihashi are all tied at four points. They are the ones leading. Who do you think is the best tag team in the tournament? The best tag team in the tournament is Gorillas of Destiny. Correct. Um, there's a lot of reasons. Uh They've been together the longest. They've always been a team. They've always been together. They're brothers. Um, they're brothers. Now, you could say the same thing about Finjuice. They've they've always been a tag team. They've been around almost as long as G.O.D. Um, L.I.J. has a new team in the form of Shingo and Sonata. Sonata is trying to get back into the tag team game after Evil left him high and dry. Um... Evil and Yujiro, I mean, Evil's great. I've just never been a big Yujiro fan. And Goto and Yoshihashi are always consummate professionals and good representatives of chaos. And the Empire's brand new. Uh, I mean, Jeff Cobb is fantastic. Everything that I've seen from Greater Khan so far is fantastic. But as of right now, you got to give the edge to G.O.D. I agree. Uh, it's also worth noting that Toa Hanare, uh, while each match he 
looks to be getting stronger. He and Tanahashi are sitting at zero. Zero. So, Jess's final question is what mid to bottom card performer in AEW do you see going the furthest? I'm gonna let you answer first. Now I, I will the first two first. I will not I will not say MJF or Darby Allen because one's holding a title, the other contested for their main title. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that they're both main eventers by now. Um Orange Cassidy already draws. So if I had to pick somebody, it's really hard because there is so much potential on that roster. But I think Jungle Boy Jack Perry has the most potential to go the furthest. Yeah. Uh, Jack Perry's a great answer. The other, the other person that I would think who I think should already be, who should have been shot to the top and stayed there, is Brian Cage. Yeah. Um, but we shall see. Well, it's interesting that you said Brian Cage because my answer is actually his partner, Ricky Starks. You could um, honestly, you can make a case for anybody in in Taz's team. Exactly, especially the newest member, Will Hobbs. Yes, Will Hobbs is going to be great. He's going to be a mega star. Hey, Tyler Doubts in the chat. What's up, T Dog? Um. <laughs> T-Bar. T-Bar. Um, what did I just fucking say? Will Hobbs. Uh, Will Hobbs, I think, is going to be AEW's first homegrown talent because he is a guy that is on Dynamite Weekly right now that is an alum of the Nightmare Factory. Uh, you can't say that about Darby Allen. You can't say that about Hangman Page. You can't say that about Ricky Starks. But you can say it about Will Hobbs. Mm-hmm. So... I am putting all of my eggs into Will Hobbs' basket, and I will support him forever. I think he's fantastic. I think he has all the potential in the world. But another person that I would say is Private Party. Private Party's got a good thing going. I thought it was very interesting that that team top flight was on yesterday. Oh, how could I not mention Top Flight? Well, Top, they're not signed yet. They're not signed yet. But, like, if yes. I was Private Party, I would have watched that match intently and been like, we got to figure out how to reestablish our spot or, like, figure out how to do business with them. Oh, totally. Because it kind of felt like... <clears throat> I agree with what Sid just said. I'll, I'll mention it after you're done. Uh, it kind of felt like I was watching another version of Private Party, except this version is Brothers, yeah. and this version didn't beat the Young Bucks. This version is Brothers, and the original version is Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, like, if I was Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, I'd be, I'd be on watch. Right now. Yeah. Uh, Sid mentioned Scorpio Sky. He said should be TNT champ. I agree. Yeah. I agree. He's a TNT champ material guy. 
Drake, there's a don't. lot. There's a lot of TNT Championship material guys right now. But I'm sticking with Will Hobbs. Who'd you say? Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Drake Duncan asks two questions. DJ Jazzy Drake? Yes. The first one is when full capacity crowds can finally return. How do you think it will affect the energy and dynamic of the shows? Well, obviously, it will give us a better indicator. Hey, we got our first... Ever since I set that up, we got our first subscriber. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, the, um, fuck. It will be a great indicator to those who are running the shows who's actually over. Actually, yeah, yes. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Also, the matches will be different because they'll be playing off the crowd reactions. Um it's definitely going to give the viewers at home a better experience. And I can't wait to hear. I know how, you know how much I hate the chant. We want, get tables. The, we want tables or CM Punk or whatever. But I kind of want to hear But I again. want yeah. to <laughs> hear chants again. I want to hear this is awesome or fight forever and all that shit because I miss it. I miss that shit. The, the, the little bit that we're getting right now with AEW at full gear when he got his last name back, Cody Rhodes, I'm talking about. When uh, when we got that little tiny Cody Rhodes chant from the few fans that they had, um, it, 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 it hit you right in the heart, didn't it? I agree, yes. Having those chants back, yes. hearing chants. Um, how will it affect the energy and dynamic of the show? It's going to be... In my opinion, it's going to be like the crowd never left. Yeah, or or like they did. Or like and they it's did. Gonna, and they're going to be rabid. Yeah. And I want, as soon as we can get full capacity, full capacity crowds, every city should sound like fucking Chicago. Every city. Yes. Every city should sound like Chicago and Philadelphia. I agree. Those are the crowd styles that we need right drake's second question is there's a rumor about trios titles coming to AEW, speculated around the time of the next jericho cruise who do you think the last two teams involved will be and who will be the first three-man tag team champs is that a good valid question yes Um, it is a good valid question i want to start Trios tournament on the cruise, baby. That would be sweet. Do it on the cruise. The last two teams involved, Death Triangle and the Elite. Hmm. That would be a great match. Yeah. But I don't think that will happen because I think Kenny and the Bucks are going I mean, going the Bucks in. are probably going to hold the titles too long to even be involved. So But that's I, what you hope. Yeah, that's what I hope. I would say Death Triangle as well. And ooh, there's ooh, a, ooh. two teams that I would love to see yeah. in contention. Jurassic Express. Yes. And Alex Reynolds. Um John Silver, John Silver. and who? Five. Please say five. Uh, Alan Angels? Yeah. 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 Those So that if they lose. Yeah. That BTE bit, though. 
Severus Kiss. But then again, you got guys like do the you best know, friends in Orange Cassidy. Do you know who just became a trio? Team Taz. That too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that can happen. I mean, you can make two teams out of the inner circle. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Death Triangle. You could for sure. Um. Oh, FTR and Sean Spears. Yeah. Get that going. Like yesterday. Um. You could even put Private Party in with Matt Hardy. Party yeah, Hardy. Party Hardy. Yeah. But I mean, uh, what I would say, I think what John and I both agree on is if they do have these titles, the Death champions should up. be Death yeah. Triangle. Our friend Jose awesome Castillo questions. asks. Awesome question so far. Yes. Jose Castillo asked, I seen this page post a meme saying the Young Bucks being the best tag team ever. And right below it had a pick of the Legion of Doom. I was going to ask your input on it. Also, who is the best tag team of all time? Well, I mean, memes are there to get a reaction out of people, whether it's good or bad. Somebody could have made that thinking, oh, this will get people riled up. Um, Sid, but you, Sid, your questions are lower on the list. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> Anyway, um, so, um, I mean, the memes are there to elicit reactions. Everybody has a different opinion. Do I think the Young Bucks are better than the Legion of Doom? Yes. Uh, and I'll tell you why. The Legion of Doom were only as good as they were because of how they were booked and their manager. They had the look, so they got booked strong. Um... Are they as athletic as a lot of other teams that came after them or even teams that were in that era? No. They were just brick shit houses who put people down and they looked cool doing it. And that's great. Do I think Young Bucks are better than them? Yes. Do I think either of them are the best tag team of all time? No. Who is? The Dudley Boys. Agreed. The Dudleys are the best tag team of all time. And I mean, here's, here's, here's why. Let me let me give me even if you're just talking championships. Number one, they've held titles in every promotion they've been in: Japan, TNA, oh WWE, ECW. They held the WCW titles. They they've held all the titles. Second off, you got two guys claiming to be brothers, and one's white and one's black. That's huge. That was huge when it was happening, and yeah. no one ever talks about it. That's you know true. why? That's true. Because they were so damn good at their job that you didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um, and they're part of one of the greatest ideas and matches ever to come out of wrestling. Oh, we're going to be talking about that a little later. That they even named a seasonal pay-per-view after. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Dudleys are who I think is the best tag team of all time. Yeah. The Dudleys are the best tag team of all time. I mean, I would say that, okay, I'd say the greatest tag team of all time is a tie game, and it's the Dudley boys or and the Hardy boys. Correct. <clears throat> I agree with both. But, I mean, two WWF teams. But it just, that's a testament of how huge WWE was at the time. I mean, that was WWF. That was Attitude Era. Yeah. 
Michael Oliver asks, What wrestlers do you despise and want to lose every time? One answer, Yujiro Takahashi. Tim? Um, a wrestler that I despised and wanted to lose every time. When I read this question, immediately came to mind who I think was a perfect heel when I was a kid was Owen Hart. I was a huge Bret Hart fan. I hated Owen Hart for trying to be the king of hearts and always messing with Bret. And he always had that that look on his face. And he was always usually who, who, a heel. Who are we talking about? Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Yeah. And then later on in my life, when I watched his work again, I really appreciated so him. amazing. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I hated him so bad. Um, but yeah, that that's who immediately comes to so mind. So right now, use your target watching. Um, when I was a kid, there was a time in my life that I hated with a burning passion, hated Triple H. <laughs> hated because um, when I when I was a kid, uh, when the ruthless aggression era started, when Shawn Michaels came back, I had never seen Shawn Michaels before he had gotten hurt, like when he broke his back and shit. When he came back. They immediately started this feud with him and Triple H. Right. I immediately took Shawn Michaels aside because of the story. He came back from the broken spine. He was he was great back then. He's still the good now. So like the the no holds barred match that they had, where Triple H hit him in the back with a sledgehammer. Yeah. I was jumping up and down screaming at the TV. Now, where <laughs> you gave your. Your one now, and then your one of the past. Yeah. And I gave mine of the past. Yeah, who's your one now? My one now, honestly, I don't really have one for, like, in, like, kayfabe reasons. Why is it you, Jorotarkoshi? It's not. (laughs) It's the Velveteen Dream. Yeah. And by extension, Austin Theory. But, yeah. Anyway. Yep. So, we we have have one of... One of the people who are always, like, give, giving us credit on Instagram. He's been a fan since day one. Camilo Ruiz 71 asks three questions, and boy, are they loaded. First, he says, how to fix the AEW tag division feels FTR should have had a longer reign, and it's always the same teams. One, the tag division doesn't need fixing. Two, it's not always the same teams. I've seen, uh, if you could say anything about AEW, well, it's for a long time there, it felt like it was a tag team show. Um, yeah. They've highlighted many tag teams in their brief history. Now, regarding FTR, maybe they should have had a longer reign, but I think the Bucks put the stipulation of, of if they didn't win... They would never contest because the build-up yeah. to the match wasn't was that great. Yeah. So they put the titles on the Bucks. But if you noticed, FTR has not been on Dynamite since full gear. I don't think FTR are done with the Young Bucks, and I don't think they're done holding 
the AEW tag team titles. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Tyler, JBL fucking sucked. Yeah. Major. Especially when he was feuding with Eddie Guerrero. Because I always loved Eddie. Um, yeah, the, the tag division doesn't really need fixing, I'd say. I would say if you feel like you're always seeing the same teams, I would respectfully recommend you start paying closer attention to AEW Dark. That's where you, that's where we're getting a lot of women's action and a lot of tag team action. Um, you're not going to see people. You're not going to see people that you know are already signed, but you're going to see some good tag team wrestling. I mean, look at Top Flight just debuted on Dynamite this week. They are so good, and they've had matches. Their match against TH2 on AEW Dark was so so good. Um. Yeah, I definitely recommend picking up AEW Dark or paying closer attention to it if you aren't now. Uh, he then asks... Hold on. As for the FTR thing, yeah. The Young Bucks winning was only because the build wasn't that great. And the build should have been better than it was because we've had years, years of build-up for this match on Twitter and on the internet in general, that they just didn't use. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Next question. He asks how to fix the AEW women's division, and he feels Sheeta should have more of a presence on Dynamite. Last night on Dynamite, they alluded to Anna Jay versus Sheeta. Anna Jay was talking about Sheeta. Uh, I think the reason you they, don't... They confirmed uh, yeah. Anna and Sheeta. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're going to get your wish there. Uh, I do agree though, that she should have more of a presence on dynamite. Um, how to fix the AEW women's division. Camillo with a lot of these questions you're asking, sometimes it's best to sit back and let things unfold. Um, Chris Statlander, who they were putting major, Stuff on, got injured. Same with Britt Baker. Britt Baker's back. They've been bringing in talent from NWA or yeah. formerly of the NWA. Yeah. Uh, last night was one of the best female matches AEW ever held from Rosa and Serena. Um, I think, but if I was going to fix the AEW women's division, I would have Hikaru Shida lose the title to Britt Baker. I think Britt Baker in in that division is the most um, marketable and she's the best promo and she's a very good wrestler. So I think once that happens um, and plus it's always great when a heel has the title because you have babyface chasing them and they can do make great TV. Well yeah. Um, how to fix the women's division? Hire Victoria. Make her lead creator for the women's division. Um, Sheeta should have more of a presence on Dynamite. 
I think that if they want to do all these NWA matches, they should be done on AEW Dark. Um, I will say though, we got this question a week too a week too late, because Dynamite this week was the best showcase for the women's division that they've had, and they started three separate three separate storylines all involving the women's division. We've got Jade Cargo versus Brandy Rhodes happening right now. We've got um, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb happening right now. Britt Baker. We've got Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker happening right now. And we're getting Anna Jay and Sheeta next week. Yep. Like, they really... I feel like Tony Khan is really... He listens, but he just doesn't come up with the answers as fast as people would like. Right. Um, then he asked how to improve Raw and SmackDown. I don't and know how the there's another Raw. question on here about Vince McMahon. So, we'll Camillo, we will cover that later in the show when we get to Mari's questions. Another ride or die from the beginning on Instagram, Sadub Abba City. <laughs> It, I I spaced it out and I still had his trouble. So double bassity, baby. He asked what our guilty pleasure dream matches are. I had Yo, to dog. ask him what this means. He meant like comedy matches, matches that people would cringe at or yeah. something like that. Oh, you you had three. You can remember. I don't remember them. You're dumb. Uh, immediately in my mind, I would love to see Toro Yano against Santino Morella. I think it would be hysterical. Uh, the Great Kali versus Swoggle. And Sue on a pole match, Trent versus Miro. <laughs> John, I know you have a bunch. I have a bunch. Oh, two, two involve the same person. Two do involve the same person. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Toriyano versus Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy versus Tetsuya Naito. Why? Because that match would either be hilarious or brutal. And there would be no in-between. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see... I'd love to see Toriyano involved with a Dark Order storyline somehow. Uh, um, I'm thinking Lana versus a table match Lana where Lana, yeah. where Lana is in a ring full of tables and one by one, a different woman comes down to try to put her through one. And of course, Nia Jax is the last one and puts her through a table via Samoan drop. Yeah. If I'm thinking about <laughs> women's matches, I don't know. Um, I would love to see. I wish China was still alive, because I'd I'd love to see Nyla Rose versus China. Well, this isn't dream matches. This is guilty pleasure. Moment. I know, I know, I know. Um, I can't really think of any more. All right, on to I the. I mean, a- anything involving Orange Cassidy. <laughs> the next, the next question comes from Lane Kelly, on Instagram, and he asks. What direction do you want Kenny Omega to go once he brings back the cleaner gimmick? And will he beat Mox oh, well, for the AEW World Championship? 
Well, it's another question that we got a week to win. <laughs> well, not all of it, but... <laughs> not all of it. Uh, so, Kenny just brought back the Queen of this week. Uh, the suit, the sunglasses, he was announced as the Queener. Um, so, what direction is he going to go? Up. I mean, that's the answer. I want Kenny Omega to go full fucking heel. Yes. No in-between. Nothing. No comedy. Nothing. I want him to be about his business so much that he's just... He's like the Roman... The Roman Reigns character now of AEW. Uh, I want... uh, Will he beat Mox for the AEW World Championship? Yes. Uh, Why? Moxley has had a great title run. Yeah, he has. He just announced that his wife is pregnant. So why not now? Uh, I've been saying for if months. Not now, when? Exactly. I've been saying for months that I want it to be Kenny to dethrone him, and then when it's time, Kenny loses the belt to Paige. Bingo, bango. I don't, I I disagree with Sid about Kenny Omega's theme song. I don't think it needs a new theme at all. I mean, it would be good because it would me. change. Yeah, it would go with the change of the character. But yeah, I love Battle Cry. Brandon Montgomery, good friend of ours. Yes, of Talking Suplex's blog. New father. He asks, "Who is the most?" He has two questions. He says, "Who is the most overrated wrestler today?" I don't know. I I never. I'm never good at answering this question. Um. Because, like, a lot of people a lot of people would say, oh, Tyler, that's a terrible opinion. He said, Pack. Hell no. Um, a lot of people would say Kenny Omega. A lot of people would say Cody. A lot of people would say Seth Rollins. A lot of people would say anyone in AEW. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people would say John Moxley. But... I don't, I don't ever really agree with the overrated opinion. I, but who's overrated to you? Who's overrated to me? I, shit, I don't know. Um, like who's in a spot that you think somebody else would be better in that spot? Seth Rollins. I've never. I, it, it, I liked it when he was with the J and J Security. I just never. I've never been that into Seth Rollins. After the Shield and the Authority run, fuck him. Um, I think I'll have to second you. I mean, yeah, a lot of people would say Brock Lesnar, Sid, but... I don't think he's overrated. I don't think he's overrated. I think he's overexposed, but not overrated. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh... I also think Braun Strowman's overrated. Yeah, Braun's Braun's a little overrated. I mean, I loved him at first, but like they they only seem to care about Braun Strowman when everyone else stops caring. Yep. His second question, Brandon's second question is who is a wrestler you initially didn't care for but now are a big fan of? Tai Chi. It's I mean that's that's the answer. We've been talking about it. Tai Chi is like redeeming us 
almost every show. <laughs> um, mine's a little bit different. Yeah. I got back in, in. I stopped watching wrestling at the beginning Sid, of high school. For guilty party, and I Sid said Otis versus John Silver. Yes. Um, Johnny Hungy, Otis Hungy. <laughs> at the beginning, yeah, it should be an eating contest. Yes. Um, so anyway, at the beginning, of, John Silver wins. The thing jumped. It's not my fault. No, you're no. you're still talking. Sorry, I thought it was a podcast. It is, but I'm trying to get a thought out, bro. I love you. No, you don't. Uh, when I started watching wrestling, was from a child to high school. Then after high school, I uh, during high school I stopped. I started watching again um, <clears throat> when the Chris Benoit tragedy happened. And whenever I started getting back into wrestling, I absolutely despised and hated Randy Orton. I thought he was only there because he had a body and he had a name. Uh, I thought his mat for a long time, I thought his matches were boring as shit. He only, everyone made fun of, of Cena for doing the five moves of Doom. Whereas Randy Orton only had three, and I, I didn't get it. I didn't like him. But then as time went on and I watched more, I realized Randy Orton is one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time uh, when he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, and when he wants to be, that's what he is. Um, also, I went back and watched things that I hadn't seen, and I, I'm a big Orton fan now. But whenever I started watching wrestling again, I could not stand the son of a bitch. I would also say Toro Yano. Oh, yeah. I'd say Toro Yano. I hated Toro Yano. And I didn't get it, but now I do. I, another one for you would be Tanahashi. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a while. And Tanahashi I didn't get because, you know, I and it I was just like, okay, hairdo. Yeah, you like it. Like, Okay, you do. <laughs> like you, you got you got the hair. You yeah. do this air guitar, which is lame. You got the abs. But then, good. as I watched more New Japan, I understood what the air guitar meant. Yeah, I, I, I then I, st I started appreciating. Oh, since his... Orange Cassidy grew on him, that that's a good shout out. Um, oh, I got I got my. But Tanahashi yeah. is amazing. I mean, my answer. We've talked about it. We're we both agree the Young Bucks. Oh yeah. For sure. When, when I, I first, first saw the Young Bucks, I thought they were sniveling little shits. When I first saw the Young my Bucks... my first exposure to the Young Bucks was they were shitting on the Dudley Boys. Oh, really? And I was always a Dudley Boy fan, and I was like, fuck these guys. But now, if they lose, I, 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 I get pissed. <laughs> well, see, when I first saw them, it was when they were in TNA, going by Generation, Generation Me. And I was like, oh, they're okay. And then I, then the whole Bullet Club thing started blowing up, and I saw their shirt designs and the things that they were doing, and I was and like, the these spot like, monkeys, fans. these spot monkeys are just making a gimmick out of a gimmick that already happened. They are spot monkeys. And then, and I was like, they don't have any psychology. But as time went on and I watched more, I thought, damn, they have only psychology. <laughs> they have a lot of psychology. Yeah. They're great businessmen. Yes. And they're fantastic wrestlers. So. Uh, another one from New Japan. I wouldn't say that I ever disliked, but I did not get Naito at all. And now I own the LIJ hat. <laughs> next question. These <laughs> next few questions. Uh, 
kind of run together. Michael Yargo of the Destino, a new Japan wrestling podcast, asks, Thoughts on pro wrestling unionization? I am all for workers' rights. I am for labor parties. I'm all for unions. I think they should join the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Uh, it makes perfect sense. They shouldn't have to make a whole new union. Um, that's my thoughts on that. And definitely, I mean, it's it, it's a three-word phrase. I it, it, It's a three-word phrase. I support unionization. Now, these are where the questions kind of run together. Michael asks, does anyone actually care about Survivor Series? Nope. And then, no. And the Nerdy <laughs> Mark asks, how would you fix Survivor Series? John, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, because I had a good answer? No, because you had an answer. Because I had an answer. <laughs> uh, I know you got I know you got one in the chamber, you know what I, I mean? Ones. Yeah, I always got one in the chamber. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> my ace in the hole. Fix Survivor Series. I mean, make it for something. Make it mean something. I mean, first of all, I would move Survivor Series away from November and put it before, put it in between the Rumble and WrestleMania. Or put it right after WrestleMania. The reason is that Survivor Series has always has become the Raw versus SmackDown show. That means that Survivor Series should have draft implications. The matches at Survivor Series should win draft picks for the shows. I like that idea, but I have a different one. Um, when I was a kid, I loved the Survivor Series pay-per-view because every match was 5 on 5 Every match was a Survivor Series match, and it all involved... Clear-cut heels against just... clear-cut faces who already had established yeah. established views. And, and Bring that back. It wasn't just Raw versus SmackDown. Like, exactly. 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 Like, they're all the same company. There, there's no real competition. There should be no Raw versus SmackDown ever. It, ever. The whole thing's dumb. I, I, the only I, good I don't match... I know that there should be two shows. The only good match ever out of any of that idea... Was Dolph Ziggler versus Daniel Bryan at Bragging Rights 2010? Yeah, that is the it. women's Survivor Series match last year was good too. Well, last year's a whole different story because, because NXT, NXT was involved, and this year it's not for. Oh right, there's literally no reason. I forgot. But uh, <laughs> also, uh, you're talking. I would love to see that be what Survivor Series is. With the main event, where the winner, if the winning team has one guy, he goes on to either pick his Rumble spot, Ooh. or he goes on to wrestle the champion at Royal Rumble. And if that, if the team has more than one winner, you take that winning team, and at TLC in December, you have them wrestle for the right to either wrestle the champion at Royal Rumble or pick their spot in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, but all, all in all, the way to fix Survivor Series is to make it have a prize. That, and make it Survivor Series again. Yeah. 
I mean, they're putting teams to, from the little bit of what I've read and watched of Raw and SmackDown. It's hodgepodge teams. And and stop this having the people that are on teams fight each other on the shows before bullshit. It's fucking stupid. Exactly. That's why back in the day it made sense. Oh, yeah. Rick Martel's feuding with this guy? Okay. Well, we'll put him with Captain Kurt Henning, who's wrestling this guy. guy. And it makes sense. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, Because Vince. then you have those moments where these two guys are on the outside and they're chomping at the bit to get the tag to fight each other. And when they get the tag, the crowd goes fucking nuts. And then the heel could say, no, nah, fuck you, and tag somebody yeah. else. All right. This is classic shit that started in Vince's promotion. Sometimes you don't have to fix what ain't broke. Yeah. So Beef Martin of the Pittsburgh Piledriver <laughs> podcast and one of our friends on Instagram asked these questions. Beef asked, why the hell did Orton only have a two-week title reign? And Chris asks, what, what do you think of Drew McIntyre winning back the WWE Championship? Randy Orton had a two-week title reign for the sole reason that he could get to number 17. Drew McIntyre winning the title back is the right decision and means that Hell in a Cell was fucking pointless if they were going to go with Drew versus Reigns at Survivor Series anyway. Also, it was kind of cool that Drake won, I mean, um, Drew won Drew. without any legends helping him or, you know, anything yeah. like that. So that's kind of cool. And I agree with him why Orton had a two-week title reign. And giving it back to Drew is a good good move. Um, so, yeah, that covers the whole Survivor Series area of this show. Now, my longtime friend, Mari Zavallo, gave us many questions. To the point where I had to say no to a couple of them. Yeah. First question, how long have you guys been wrestling fans? I don't remember a time that I wasn't. When I was a ch child, literally, like a baby, my aunt babysat me and put on wrestling. The first wrestling match I remember is Warrior versus Hogan. Um, my cousin also was a huge wrestling fan back in the day, so they influenced me a lot. When I got to high school, I stopped watching wrestling uh, because I had other interests and such. Uh, then, whenever Chris ben, the news broke out about Chris Benoit, me and my friends started reminiscing about him and other old wrestlers. We went out and bought the Bret Hart DVD set. We bought WrestleMania 1 through 10. And then soon thereafter, we were ordering WWE pay-per-views again. And here I am, years later, conducting this podcast, which leads into the next podcast. The next question. Why did you start a podcast? I'd say we got sick of talking to each other and wanted to talk to all of you. Um, what made me <laughs> want to start a podcast for a long time, um, every person I talked to about wrestling told me I should. Uh, the idea of this podcast. I mean, you have like a fucking encyclopedic knowledge. The, the idea of this podcast started with me and one of the questioners, um, Drake Duncan. But at the time, Drake Duncan 
was on a other wrestling podcast with one of his friends who knew more technologically. Uh, so Drake was wrapped up in that. I got to meet Drake's partner uh, in the podcast, and they gave me kind of the confidence to do this. And and, and, and taught you some of the technology stuff. You're right. Um, so that we were called the Omega Cast. I didn't want to do it on my own, and I thought, who better than John? Um, we started oh, off as the Om- we st- we started off as the Omega Cast. Um, things happened between us and Drake's then partner, um, which is ridiculous, and I'm I mean, not going to well, get into it. You. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's the story. Now we're on bar audio. We're kicking ass and taking names. So, you know, uh, when we start a podcast, uh, I don't know why I gave you that voice. <laughs> um, I'm here by chance, really. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I work at a grocery store. This dude came through my line one day wearing a CM Punk shirt, and I was like, that's fucking red. Uh, then he started working at said store. I didn't really ever talk to him, but then I saw him by chance at another store. We were both there and he was wearing another wrestling shirt and I was like, damn this. <laughs> and, uh, then we started talking about wrestling all the time yep. and started talking about Funko pops all the time. Cause we were both into those. And I knew you had a background with computers. Yeah. Um, I had actually, I had done gaming videos in the past and I'm kind of starting to do it again. And you went to school and I went to school for programming. Uh, so I had, I, I had the know-how, but not the finances. So we started pulling together and getting the proper equipment and it has become what you see today. And it will continue to grow. We're not going to stop. I mean, I just set up that thing that has the subscribe, somebody subscribe, and it has Ultimate Warrior. I set that up like three days ago. Right. I'm, I'm still learning how to do shit. <laughs> Mari's next question is, some people feel that Shawn Michaels is overrated because of his relatively short stint on top in his prime. Well, thoughts on. Thoughts on this. Is he really <laughs> in contention for best of all time? Shawn Michaels has been great from the time he stepped in the ring. Till the time he stepped out of it. And then whenever he came back in the ring, he was even better. And then he stepped out of it. Is he one of the best of all time, if not the best? Yes. And that pains me because I only liked him for half of his career. But the short stint on top thing definitely has validity. But, I mean... You can't blame quality versus quantity. Agreed. Uh, it's the same thing with Bret Hart. They both were on top during a time where Vince, the rest of Vince's show was shit. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't really know what he wanted to do at the time. Um, but, yeah, man, Shawn Michaels is a part of, started DX, which was is one of the best factions of all time. I mean, he's historic. He's, he he's Mr. WrestleMania. He he took the the outline of Flair 
and put his own take on it. And what I mean by that is he was flashy, yeah. but in his own way. He danced to the ring. He he did funny sells like Ric Flair, but not like Ric Flair. Um, so, yeah. He I don't kicked, think he, he kicked Stan. I don't think he's overrated. He gave The Undertaker his two best WrestleMania matches, and that is not an opinion. It is fact. It is fact. Uh, feelings on Vince McMahon and who can turn WWE around into how? The who is Triple H. The how is tricky. I, I, I think we agree that the who is Triple H. Yeah. But I, I can't... I'm having trouble thinking of the how. For this question, I would say my feelings on Vince McMahon is when he was young, he was smart for making a promotion out of the best wrestlers of every territory uh, and bringing wrestling to cable, t- like having a major cable television live show. Um, and he's had great ideas throughout the years. Um, he's arguably the greatest heel of all time. What do I think of him now? He has two good ideas a year. Yeah. And everything else is shit. Vince McMahon needs to retire. But he won't. So until he drops dead. The WWE is not going to turn around. Triple H started NXT. Very promising. Wrestling fans like it. Love it. But we, have it. but we see what happens to the wrestlers when they get into Vince's hands. Most of them fall to the wayside. Fall to the wayside. So, um, the first thing I would do is I would fire all of the creative. Fire everybody, everybody who writes, who writes uh, scripts and all that. I'd fire them on the spot. I would um, fire whoever operates the the, the camera switcher. I'd vi- I'd fire uh, Bruce Pritchard because he's a yes man and he has no good ideas himself and he's a piece of shit. Um, Damn. Yep. Um, <laughs> also, I would replace the creative booking team with people who know the industry, have been in the industry, Wrestlers. and love the industry. Like it was back in the day. Not these Hollywood people who are looking to write a television show. Um, yeah. I'd also not have gimmick pay-per-views. Yeah, get rid of Hell in a Cell. Get rid of TLC. Get rid of... I mean... They don't mean anything anymore. They don't mean anything anymore. Elimination Chamber... Elimination Chamber is maybe the only one that still means something. I mean, I loved Money in the Bank. Even though Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view has been the best gimmick pay-per-view out of all of them, I loved it when it was just at WrestleMania. When it's part of because WrestleMania. even if the WrestleMania card didn't get me into it, what I was opener. still going to watch it. 
Yeah. Because of that match. Goddamn, what an opener. I mean, every time. All right. Mari has like three more questions. If you're starting a promotion and have to have it start with a wrestler or tag team from each promotion, and he lists WWE, AEW, New Japan, TNA, and ROH, who would you grab from each? Um, there's different ways to approach this question. We've asked each other this question off air a bunch of times. You could go for who is the most marketable and will get you money. You could go who for who's your favorite wrestler, blah, blah, blah. I say from WWE, I'd get Keith Lee. He has major potential and he's fantastic in the ring. He needs a little mic work. That's all. He would look like he did on the indies in NXT. <laughs> okay. Uh, forget his raw career. Um, from AEW, I would pick FTR because I don't think there's any better tag team on the planet. From New Japan Pro Wrestling, I would pick Kota Ibushi because I feel that he, number one, Okada would never leave. Number two, I love Kota Ibushi. Sue me. Uh, I mean, he got Cedric Alexander signed to WWE. So, um, from TNA, I would pick the Knockouts champion, Deanna Perrazzo. And from ROH, I would choose the pure champion and world tag team champion, Jonathan Gresham. Me, uh, from WWE, I would grab... Okay, I would have my female come from WWE, and it would be Sasha Banks. Nice. I would have my tag team come from AEW, and it would be FTR. New Japan, I would grab my heavyweight, and I would go with... Okada would never leave. So... Okay, I would go with Zack Sabre Jr. TNA, I'm going to throw something at you that you might not expect from me. I'm going Chris Bay. Nice. Nice. And Ring of Honor, I'm going Jay Lethal, baby. So you got you got some veteran yep. there. All right. Here's a, here's Every a... good promotion needs at least one veteran. That's why AEW is doing so great with Jericho. That's why Ring of Honor is doing so great with Jay Lethal. Like, you need a veteran. You need somebody to teach these newbies. All right. The next question I could have gone on two podcasts about, but <clears throat> whatever. He asked, dream matches, dead or alive? Iron Man match. You thought you would pick Takagi from New Japan. Uh, that's a good thought, but... I went with Ibushi. Um, it was it one or the other. Um, <clears throat> Iron Man match, Bret Hart from 1997 against Kurt Angle from 2006. Ladder match for the IC title, Owen Hart from 1996 against Chris Jericho from 2001. AJ Styles, 2016 against Shawn Michaels of 2007. Any combination of Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Chris Benoit against Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and Kenny Omega. 
Um, Undertaker from like 06, 08 against The Fiend in an old school Hell in a Cell match. And what I mean by that is the violence is actually brought back. The blood is brought back, etc. And the cage isn't red. Mankind from his first iteration against The Fiend. Yeah. Cactus Jack versus John Moxley in a yeah. lights out match. A Survivor Series match of Legion of Doom, The Rock and Roll Express, and Ultimate Warrior against the Dudley Boys, The Young Bucks, and Brian Cage. Brock Lesnar versus these three men in singles matches, Cesaro, Volter, and Keith Lee. Rey Mysterio from 1998 against Ray Phoenix. Zack Sabre Jr. against Dean Malenko. Stone Cold from 1998 against CM Punk from 2011. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Johnny Saint. Timothy Thatcher or Shibata or Matt Riddle or Tom Lawler against Minoru Suzuki or Ken Shamrock. There you go. <laughs> you were thinking about that a long time. No. I'm going to throw <laughs> three at you. I already said one earlier. Now the Rose versus China. Fucking A. Um, Eddie Guerrero versus Pentagon Jr. Nice. And I want to pick a WWE one. Warrior versus Brock Lesnar. Like prime warrior versus Brock Lesnar. Nice. Just be fucking, just fucking cooperative. I just thought of one. Yeah. Cody and Dustin against Dusty and Dick the Bruiser. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. Mari's last question. Finally. Are you sure? I think so. <laughs> Top five all-time matches. Now, number one Mirror came... Versus Ishii. That's a good one. Balor versus Styles versus Kenny. Fuck you. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Nerdy, oh. Nerdy Mark's having fun in that chat. Boy. Yeah, he is. Uh... And I'm having fun reading. Now, number one came to my mind immediately. Uh, I gave one honorable mention, although I could have gave a few. But I will start with the honorable mention and go up. My honorable mention is Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship at Wrestle Kingdom 9. Uh, it was the first time I fell in love with New Japan. Shinsuke Nakamura, from the get-go, drew me in. But as the match went on, Kota Ibushi and Nakamura, just my jaw was on the floor the whole the whole time. I love it. we got to talk about this for a second because we've been talking about it a little bit off camera. But we never, I don't think we've ever said it here, but it needs to be said. Jeff Jarrett deserves a little bit of fucking credit for bringing New Japan to the West. Agreed. I do think we've mentioned it on a past episode, Maybe. but fuck it, we'll say it now. Yeah. My number five. <clears throat> now, three through five can be interchangeable. Yeah. My fifth is Rey Mysterio Jr. against Eddie Guerrero in a mask versus championship match for the Cruiserweight Championship at Halloween Havoc 1997. Uh, this got me into high-flying luchador-type matches. Uh, I mean, I like them in WCW, but this match was just like the pinnacle of it. And I don't think the only thing that comes close 
is the stuff that Osprey and Ricochet did with each other. But I don't think anything's going to touch Mysterio and Guerrero in that match. In that style. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship at No Mercy 2008. I loved this version of Jericho where he was in a suit and he was a prick. He used big yeah. words. And he hit Shawn Six Michaels' minutes. wife. Um, I believe that this match is better than their Mania match. Uh, same with the build to this match and the characters of each man. Uh, there was great new kinds of ways to use the ladder in this match. Uh, yeah. The third match uh, is Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship at Royal Rumble 2001. It's classic. Anytime Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho wrestled each other or wrestled Kurt Angle during this period of time, the early 2000s, it was fucking money. So I chose this match. Uh, number two is Kazuchika Okada against Kenny Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Dominion 2018, the one where Omega won in a two out of three falls match. Unreal. Uh, and my first... This match is my number one match of all time because this match is what made Tim the child who liked wrestling turn into Tim the kid who sees the art form of wrestling. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Iron Man match for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 12. Good list. Thank you. Do you want to talk at all about Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels? You gave some like highlights from other matches. Well, I was saying, I basically said how it changed my yeah. whole view okay. on wrestling. Um, at first, I didn't have mine in any particular order, but as I've been thinking about it, I definitely have an order now. Um, I'm going to say my honorable mention that I just thought of and was kicking myself for not putting it on my list anywhere, so it has to be an honorable mention now, is No Mercy 2003 or 2006? Maybe 2006. Oh, let me but, guess. Let me guess. Go ahead. Is it a tanker match? It is a tanker match. Is it against an Olympic gold medalist? No. Oh. <laughs> it is Biker Taker versus Brock Lesnar, Hell in a Cell. Fucking great. Awesome match. My favorite Hell in a Cell match of all time. I loved it when uh, my favorite moment was uh, Taker grabbing Paul Heyman's tie and pulling him into the cage over and over. <laughs> That's kind of like what he did with uh, Orton's dad. Yeah. And the urn. Yeah. Uh, so, the list, as it were, my number five. I'm going to throw it at you. I'm going to throw it in your face. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, lights out. What was it called? Full Gear 2019. It is my favorite, I would say, favorite hardcore style match of all time. It's fucking awesome. Uh, my number four is, I think it's, yep, my number four is from New Japan Pro Wrestling's The New Beginning in Osaka 2020. Hiromu Takahashi versus Ryu Lee. Great. It was the chop fest heard around the world. It was the five or six minute back and forth chest chop match. Now, 
that was an homage to yeah. Ko- Kobashi versus yeah. Sasaki, I think. Sasuke. Or however you say his last name. Sasuke. But that shit, that shit was awesome. That shit was rare, dog. Um, my number three is from WrestleMania 20. It was the main event. It was Kurt Angle versus Eddie Guerrero. Great match. It was the match that made me ball my eyes out because afterwards was when we got the embrace between um, Eddie, and Benoit. Eddie and Benoit with the confetti. And it wasn't long after that that what happened would happen. With um, Eddie. With Eddie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. every year on the anniversary of Eddie's death, it is the image that I post. Right. It's that image from WrestleMania 20. My number two match is a match that we sort of mentioned earlier in the show. It was TLC 2, WrestleMania 17. Edge and Christian, Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys. TLC match for the WWF World Tag Team Titles. It, it, it had the... The, the most famous ladder match moment ever captured that they replay, I'd say, almost at nauseum. <laughs> it was the spear from Edge to Jeff Hardy hanging on the title. Yeah. That's the match, that's the match that that video came from. Because if you know anything about wrestling, I'm sure you've seen that clip. Right. <clears throat> Number one, WrestleMania 25... Taker versus Shawn Michaels. Fantastic fucking match. Fantastic. Is this Dude, our last question? Good. This is our last question, Tim. Woo! Holy shit. Woo! We said we'd do them all, and we did them all, and we're the best. Now, coming from my friend on Facebook and in real life, <laughs> uh, Chip Woods, he, he said this. What's up, Tim and John? Love the show. That's us. Yes. I am a huge fan of Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks and AEW as a whole. My question is, how do you feel about active performers also being in executive roles? It always seems like when they do, they keep themselves relevant even past their prime. I have watched some of my favorite wrestlers do this, such as Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, and Triple H. I would love to see Jerry Lynn or Dean Malenko take over the on-screen roles of being in charge so it doesn't seem like the elite are putting themselves over unnecessary, unnecessarily. They are incredible, and the United States deserves to see the New Japan version of these guys. That's can a I, damn good question. Can I go first? Yeah. All right. Active performers in executive roles, in the case of AEW, has not been harmful. Cody has put over people with the TNT title. The Bucks have put over people and have just now got the tag titles. Kenny Omega was in the tag team scene, was the tag team champions, but not the first tag team champions. Um, I think with the AEW crowd being what it is, nobody really feels that way. About them. Um, 
I don't see them putting themselves over unnecessarily. I think Tony Khan's right in his role for a reason. Um, when it comes to an on-screen authority figure, one of the reasons I like AEW is that they don't have one. Now, what you're saying could help kids understand it better or, or not look at who's in the EVP roles. But, like I said, the AEW crowd isn't necessarily that crowd. So... I wouldn't like the authority figure role. Uh, I don't think Cody, Kenny, or the Bucks have done anything to put themselves over or stay relevant. Regarding the New Japan version of these guys, we are going to see it very soon with Omega. We're, we've been starting to see it with the Young Bucks. And with Cody, I've liked Cody from WWE to ROH, to New Japan, to now. And I think he's doing his best work right now. Yeah. Um, but you're right. People do have done that in the past and have went past their prime. Cody has said that he thinks he's only going to wrestle for five more years. In a recent AEW Unrestricted podcast, he said that he has other aspirations, including eventually running for Senate for the state of Georgia. If I lived there, I'd vote for him. Uh, okay. Um, this topic comes up a lot because of Hulk Hogan and because of Kevin Nash. Now, Kevin Nash... Now is somebody that a lot of wrestlers look up to. At the time that he was wrestling, he wasn't at all. I think that Kevin Nash has sort of... I, I don't want to make this sound stupid. Like he, I, I want to say he's seen the error of his ways, sort of. Right, right. Um, and has become a guy that is a treasure to have in a locker room. But the Hulk Hogan situation has been explained many times. Not just WCW, but Not whenever he got the TNA, whenever too. He got the TNA. He did the same fucking thing. Uh, but yeah, where AEW is concerned, the booking decisions are being made by Tony Khan. And I also don't think that the guys who are in the EVP rules are selfish at this point in their career. I also don't think they have as much pull as some may assume. Right. Um, like, I'm, I'm sure Cody has some. And Kenny probably has some. I don't know how much the Young Bucks do. Well, they all have a group text, and they all run ideas off of each other. They run ideas off of... Yeah, that's the thing. They run ideas off of each other. I mean... They don't just say, hey, uh, I want the title, so... I mean, we're, we're, we're not... We're simply not going to get the finger poke of doom in AEW. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Right. 
And if it does happen, it's going to be with Cassidy and Silver. It's not going to be with Cody and Moxley. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I can totally see. I can totally see and understand and empath and empathize, sympathize, empathize, whatever. Sympathize and sympathize with the the concerns. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great question. Yeah. Um, but AEW is its own breed. Yes. Next week, uh, we will be coming at you with the top 10 matches of November 2020 with who always joins us, the nerdy Mark Sid. Um, with that, wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one and peace and love to all of you. Bang! Bang.